We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into this week's episode of Hook'em Hoops here on the Field of 68. My name is Jason Canander with my co-host, Tommy Yarish. Guys, it was not a pretty night for Texas basketball in Milwaukee against Marquette. A lot to break down with this game. It was so ugly. Let's dive right into it. Tommy, Marquette 86, Texas 65. And honestly, the score does not tell the full story. That game was not nearly that close. It was an all-around ugly performance for Texas. They struggled to defend the entire night. Offensively, nobody scored other than Max Asmus practically the whole night. And 17 of his 25 points came in the first half. Tommy, lead us off with some takeaways from Texas's second loss here of the early season. Well, Jason, I think it's finally time to not necessarily full blast the alarms, but start to seriously raise some concerns about Texas going into Big 12 play. You know, they've played two really good Quadrant 1 teams in UConn and now Marquette. UConn, they look much better, but they're also at a neutral site. They go on the road to Marquette and play by far their worst game of the season. Uh, you know, when I look at this team, only five games away from Big 12 play, they open the season at home against Texas Tech. There's just, it seems like there's so much left to be figured out for Rodney Terry. And we knew coming into the year that, you know, with a bunch of new transfers or basically an entirely new roster, losing all the veteran prowess that they had a season ago was going to take some time for everything to mesh. But Jason, I don't think it's unfair to say that we haven't seen a lot of meshing yet so far. This team does not have an identity yet. Uh, they don't have an alpha yet. I guess offensively, you could say Max Asmus is their alpha, but even he is inconsistent and I would argue take some pretty bad shots at times. So certainly think there's some concerns going forward. Uh, when I look at this game, I think that there was not a lot of effort or really communication uh, defensively, especially on the perimeter and navigating screens. Marquette was just picking apart the Texas defense with on-ball screens around the three-point arc, and Texas didn't know what to do. They they kept going under the screen, so you leave guys like Tyler Kolick and Cam Jones wide open, and that's why, you know, Kolick goes off for 28 points, 11 of 16 shooting, one of his, I think, his career high night for Kolick. And yeah, oh, know, Marquette, he, went, he went off. Yeah, Marquette has 14-3, so that's that's where it started for me defensively. I'm curious as to, you know, what else what else you saw too, because really perimeter defense we've talked about a lot 
this season so far, and it really kind of showed its ugly teeth again. It's been bad. It's been bad. This uh, The guard play on this Texas team has been horrible defensively. I just think that Ace Miss is going to be undersized against every team. This was the one team in the early season – Power five, power six conference, the Big East opponent, the Texas was going to play where they actually had a size advantage, and it certainly didn't look like it. Uh, let's see, the Longhorns had 23 rebounds. Marquette had 37 rebounds. Texas had a pretty good size advantage, even without Dylan DeSue, and they got out-rebounded by 14. That's pretty ugly. Yeah, the defense on the perimeter was bad. Tyler Kolick, Cam Jones, they got whatever they wanted. I think this team is royally screwed when Big 12 play comes around because every team in the Big 12 has good guards. And six of the 13 other teams in the Big 12 are currently undefeated. Texas doesn't match up well against a single one. So this game revealed a lot about this Texas team. And, you know, we can nitpick player by player. Hayden Shedrick didn't have a good night. He got banged up a little early, had two fouls in the first 10 minutes. So he never found his rhythm. That's an issue when Dylan DeSue's out because Caden Shedrick's going to have to be on every single night against these top-tier teams, especially playing against one of the better bigs in the country in Oso Iguodaro. Another thing is Texas, this is not a deep Texas team. Texas only went three deep on the bench last night. Kendall Weaver, I want to say, he had a really good night, especially in the second half, made some very energetic plays on both ends of the floor. He's a guy who's really kind of starting to come into his own, and Texas, Rodney Terry's starting to trust him defensively. So we might see a lot more Kendall Weaver late in the second half of games. That's fine if he's going to continue to put the ball in the basket and make good plays defensively. But Texas needs Dylan to sue back. They need his intensity. They need his two-way talent. And they need the floor spacing that he is going to bring. Because right now, the only time Texas is making shots from beyond the arc is when Max Aspis chucks one up and miraculously it goes in. Yeah, going back to shooting for Texas, you know, they go, let's see, what is it, three? Or they hit four threes on 16 attempts, excuse me. Three of those came from Max Aismas in like the first five minutes of the game on consecutive possessions. So essentially they go, what's that, one of 13 shooting the ball down the stretch after the first few minutes of the ball game. I mean, we know that this Texas team is going to have to shoot their way into some games and they're going to rely on the three-point shot to essentially win them games. And we'll see that probably in the Big 12 conference play <laughs> this, this season too. And right Yikes. now they haven't shown that they can do that. You know, Jason, you talked about how their guard play on defense hasn't been the best. I think their guard play on offense hasn't really flexed its muscles too yet, eat too much either. Tyrese Hunter started off the season really strong, but he's kind of going on a cold stretch the last couple of games. They need to get him playing fast and in rhythm. That's when he is at his best. He goes 0 for 6 last night from the field because, and Jason, you tell me if you disagree on this, but when Texas gets into a half-court offense, it seems like nobody really knows what to do. I mean, you know, they're running <laughs> the, the usual on-ball screens and trying to slip guys around, but I, I could count on my – I could count more I, – I don't have enough fingers to count how many times – you know, Brock Cunningham or if Zarek Onyema was in the game or Caden Shedrick just holding the ball at the top of the key, looking for a guy to give the ball off to. And, you know, that just can't happen. The, the half-court offense needs to improve. But the way to counter that is by playing fast, playing playing on the run. You know, our, our logo is inspired by the old run and horns uh, logo from, from earlier on Texas basketball because they played fast, they played good defense, and they scored in transition. Texas needs to find – I think that's their identity offensively. They need to find that, and if you add on, knocking down three-point shots to that, you can get a very good offensive team. But I'll touch on this a little bit later. I think 
the lineup and rotation that Rodney Terry's got going now doesn't allow them to play to their strengths. I agree. I completely agree with that. And I think that, you know, I do agree. Texas is going to have to, the, the half court offense is terrible right now. The half court offense is really bad. And I agree if Texas has one thing on its opponents in the early season, especially without Dylan DeSue, it's the fact that they can play fast in that fast break, full court type of offense. Kendall Weaver is one of the quickest players in the country. Max Aceness is one of the quickest players in the country. If Hill Horton and Terrence Hunter move fast in the open court, but Texas doesn't find the ball in the open court very often because they're, they weren't making winning plays offensively. They gave up 86 points. That game last night was the worst defensive performance of the Rodney Terry era. The only other game that really sticks out to me in that regard is last season when K-State came into the Moody Center to open up Big 12 play and just smacked Texas in the mouth. And everyone was like, what the hell? Who is this, you know, 5'6 dude hitting deep threes? And, you know, once you got the context of the full season, it was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. And even this, you know, Marquette, a team that has Final Four championship aspirations this year, like, it makes sense. But I was expecting a competitive game and – you know, 25% from three, 40% from the field, getting out-rebounded by seven against Marquette. It's a bad look. And I, I just think that, you know, this is a team that got outclassed. They kept the starters in for the whole game, and they were down 30 deep in the second half. You know, Marquette just thoroughly outplayed them. And I agree. I don't think that Rodney Terry is playing the best lineups right now. But what we need to understand is right now Texas is only going eight deep. He doesn't have very many options. So right now he's trying to make do with the most talented players who are currently healthy. And it's just not really, it's not really meshing. You know, you'd like to see the guard play. It needs to get going. You know, Tyrese Hunter, only two players for Texas last night were in double figures, Ace Smith and Kendall Weaver. And that needs to change. Tyrese Hunter needs to be in double figures. If you'll Horton, when Texas is firing on all cylinders, he's in double figures. Well, he scored two points last night, a one of seven shooting like that needs to improve for Texas. And so I think last night revealed a lot, but, but, and I'll, I want to hear more on your thoughts. You know, do you think that this game was a little bit more revealing of the Texas that we're going to see when conference play starts, or do you think that this is going to serve as a wake up call? Because what Texas does have going for them is this isn't the full arsenal of weapons. You know, Dylan Sue will be back hopefully pretty soon. So what do you think this game revealed about Texas in the long run? Well, I think it's a little bit of both Jason, because even last season, you and I remember vaguely, or not vaguely, very memorably, rather. That, that wasn't the word I was looking for. You and I remember that when Texas couldn't knock down a shot, it was hard for them to win games. But the difference last year was there was so much veteran experience on that team that they could still find a way. Well, this year, you don't really have that. You've got Brock Cunningham, and that's about it. So everybody else is, is rather new or hasn't seen as much playing time. And that's no disrespect to Brock Cunningham, of course. But um, everybody else is still kind of learning to mesh together and so i think there is going to be a lot of struggles during big 12 play i think there will be games where you kind of just grimace and you know texas is going to get beat maybe not beat by 30 i think they can still hang around with with some teams but it's going to be ugly when they're not going to be able to knock down their shots because they're not going to be able to do it every night but at the same time like you mentioned it was the worst defensive game i that besides that Kansas State game i completely agree with you on that one of rodney terry's era here so far at Texas and Ronnie Terry's a defensive guy. I highly doubt that Texas is going to get that outclassed uh, on the defensive side of the floor. Once again, you know, he, he's got a veteran coaching staff, guys like Frank Haith by his side now. And, you know, I think they're, they're going to step up and as a group, as a staff, 
they're going to elevate this team defensively. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see, and I think the broadcast mentioned this last night too, you know, I don't think we're going to see too many poor defensive showings from Texas like that. But the fact of the matter is, if they can't get anything going offensively, it's not going to help them any anymore on the defensive side of the ball. And you're going to get a lot more ugly games like that. And, you know, a really telling thing that you kind of touched down with, you know, Caden Shedrick, he plays 23 minutes. You want some more from him offensively, but forget the offense. He only had one rebound. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One rebound. He's the tallest, he's the biggest guy on the floor for Texas, and he only gets one rebound. Dylan Mitchell had 10. So, you know, Dylan Mitchell's a great rebounder, and that's what they want him to do. But Shedrick's size has to allow him to box out and get some boards for this Texas team, too. And, I, you know, we talked a little bit more about he, he's a little banged up. He took an early shot in that game and was kind of slow to get up after going to the ground. But nonetheless, they're going to need his size and physicality until Dylan DeSue comes back. And, you know, when, when DeSue comes back, that that kind of changes things, especially when we, when we talked about the lineups. You know, I think that's a really interesting point. I was listening to the Brotherhood podcast earlier today, or a long, couple of Longhorns hosting that one, Royal Ivy, DJ Augustine, and my guy Royal was talking about those lineups, and I think he brought up a really interesting point, and I think it could be a solution when it comes to just playing smaller. You know, when you look at last, or excuse me, when you look at the Marquette game starting lineup, it's Max Aismas, Tyrese Hunter, Caden Shedrick, Brock Cunningham, Dylan Mitchell. If Texas doesn't have much of an identity in the half-court offense, that five is not going to allow them to spread the floor and and play fast. Shedrick mm. in there is not going to allow him to play fast. So I think what Royal, he didn't say what his starting five would be, but I think what he was kind of attesting to when he was saying that he's not about that bigger lineup would be, a guy, a lineup like Max Aismas, Tyrese Hunter, Ithiel Horton, Brock Cunningham, and Dylan Mitchell. You have Dylan Mitchell playing the five, and you just try to attack small ball, and that allows you to get out in space and play quick, which is what guys like Tyrese Hunter need. It's what guys like Ithiel Horton need to be able to. Brock's got to make his threes shot. in that offense, though. Brock's got to make his threes in that offense. He does he have to make his threes. 43% clip last year. It's got to exactly. be more like that. 
he has to do that and he has to play good defense too i think he got beat a couple of times defensively last night as well so you know i thought that was a good point from royal there to you know allow them to capitalize off turnovers they they were good at capitalizing off turnovers last night 15 turnovers and you know being able to play fast and get out and transition with that kind of lineup is going to be positive for your offense especially when they're struggling in the half court set do you think that's am i losing my mind or is that does that seem like a solid idea just playing to texas's strengths i think it's a good idea but i would almost like to see more kendall weaver than if horton if the if texas is going to go with a smaller lineup because I, I, the way he's playing right now yeah i mean if horton hasn't we, we i talked about tyrese hunter needing to find a shot i mean IT Horton too. What we I think he was one one for seven last night. Right. Yeah, he was one for seven last night. And those guys are vets, so you can count on them when their name when their names get called come conference play, they're gonna be able to score again, you'd hope, if things go well for Texas this year. But you look at the upcoming schedule they play, Houston Christian, that game against LSU, not not this upcoming Saturday, but the Saturday after, I think that game's gonna be very interesting. This is an LSU team that has lost to some bad teams this year, but it's a high major opponent. And Texas has struggled against high major competition this year, i.e. the Louisville game earlier. So I'll be interested to see that. And then Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, probably another get-back game, trap game against UNC Greensboro. Boom, conference play after the first of the year. In those games against the mid-major competition, I would like to see a lot more Kendall Weaver to just see if the guard play changes defensively he's getting there you know he has a little bit of a thin frame so it's kind of tough and you know an overall note that I had on Weaver at least in the first half is like he makes dynamic plays but you want the consistency to be there you know not every play needs to be a massive above the rim you know finish on both sides of the court and that's when a guy like Ithiel Horton Tyrese Hunter comes in because those are veteran presences but when they're not making shots it doesn't matter so I do agree but when Caden Shedrick is healthy, when he's not in foul trouble, him being on the court is fundamental to the success of this Texas team. Defensively, he needs to grab more rebounds. He, we saw what he can do um, in the post against Louisville. He had some big blocks in that game. I believe he had three or four blocks. Um, he's going to need to do that in conference play. The centers in the Big 12 are excellent. Hunter Dickinson, Aziz Bandago just got eligible at Cincinnati. So, Caden Shedrick's going to have to be healthy and going to have to be on the court for more than half the game. But I think that when Texas is looking to score – and when they're looking for the half-court offense to generate open shots, it would be wiser to play Dylan Mitchell at the five because he can handle the ball at any point at any point of the court. And then you hope that the guards, Ace Miss, you hope he takes better shots too, not just making open shots, but taking better shots. He's a little bit more used to have. He's a little bit used to having you know so much free reign in the offense where he just gets so comfortable and chucks up some bad ones. And um, it's just something that you'd like to see improve, but it won't improve until the guys around him look better. So on that note, Tommy, who is one player whose play you think needs to improve before conference play in order for Texas to feel good about the way things are going after the first of the year? As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
$1,500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Uh, well, I think it's Ithiel Horton. You know, I think this is the guy that they brought in. And Jason, you and I talked about this on, you know, the first episode where he, they well, they want him to be this year's Serge Barry Rice. You know, there's no... And there's no replacing or well, how do I, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this. You know, there, he's not Serge Jabari Rice in the sense that, you know, Serge Jabari was was just a guaranteed, you know, at least 10 points off the bench essentially every night. He hasn't proved that yet. But with how good of a shooter he is, especially in the mid-range game, I think I came away impressed so far this season with how well he shot the ball in the mid-range. But if he's not knocking anything down, then Texas is really going to struggle. Whether he comes off the bench or whether he moves into the starting lineup, he needs to hit shots. And, you know, we've talked about the Texas guards a lot already tonight with their, them needing to hit shots. And IT Horton's just another one of those guys who needs to find a shot and needs to find consistency. It can't just be Max Asmus every night taking 20 shots and hoping that he makes four out of 10 threes. You know, the, those guys have to take some of the weight offensively off of his back and Tyrese Hunter kind of included in that one too. And, you know, again, I don't think this is represent that's, I don't think that Marquette game is representative of what we're going to see every night mm -hmm. from Texas. I think that, you know, Ithiel Horton and Tyrese Hunter are going to have good games this year and they're going to be able to still contribute to the offense. I think that, you know, everybody has an off night. I think that was a very off night, not just an off night, a very off night for yep. them offensively. So I don't expect that to carry over. Um, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't need to change and that, you know, they IT Horton needs to knock down a shot. I like, I, I think you, you read my mind on Kendall Weaver, Jason. I was, I came away again, impressed, you know, two episodes ago, I think we talked about how he needs more minutes and I mean, he's earning them. Ronnie Terry's playing him more and he's continuing to do really good things for him too. You know, off the bench, you want that jolt of energy. You want that energizer bunny. And I think, Kendall Weaver has been that for this Texas team. Uh, he's, you know, extremely physical, plays very fast, which is like we've talked about and I've harped on all night to their strengths. And defensively, you know, he blocked a shot off the glass so hard. It came back and hit Tyler Kolick in the face. And I think it hit the backboard again. And then Texas got a rebound off of it. Like that's just stuff that you love to see uh, effort wise from, from your guys, especially off the bench. Now, I think his quickness in the game, as well as his, you know, still trying to grasp the high major D1 level of basketball coincides sometimes, and that leads to some mistakes or some quick thinking that results in a turnover. But it's better to get that out of the way now and get him the experience now versus having trying to experiment with him in Big 12 play and not really knowing what you're going to get. Another thing with him, you know, he shot, he was 4-6 last night, had 10 points, has not did not shoot a three, though. He is a prolific shooter he has been since his high school days at mansfield tim review i think rodney terry needs to give him the green light to shoot the basketball he passed up a couple of shots last night that he could have had and 
You know, he, he was one of the better shooters in the transfer portal overall during the offseason. So I'd like to see him take some more shots, too, especially when I.T. Horton and Tyrese Hunter are struggling to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with that. One point that I have on this game, really my last point, um, before we'll touch a little bit on the Big 12 here, is I think that this is a Texas team that has been playing soft. We saw it against UConn. The interior offense, you know, they don't attack the rim like last year's team did. I think the difference between Marcus Carr and Max Aismas is that Marcus Carr could really take the ball downhill. And even though he kind of used his lack of size for his advantage, and we don't see that as much with Aismas driving inside, um, Texas is going to need to improve their physicality, Tommy. First three throws of the game came in the second half. And uh, I think that that is – that can't happen. That can't happen. And, and, you know, sometimes you can say home whistle, you know, whatever they're playing. It, Pfizer form is not a, a raucous environment. You know, Marquette's got a fine home environment, but that's not Cameron Indoor Stadium. You know, you should be able to drive inside, get a few fouls called, get to the line. Texas has good shooters. You know, Brock Cunningham will hit his free throws. Ace Missile hit his free throws. Hunter Horton, they'll hit their free throws if you get them to the line. Don't matter if you're not getting to the line, though. And so Texas's physicality needs to improve on both ends of the court. You can't be getting out-rebounded uh, by a team that you have a size advantage against. You know, Dylan Mitchell holds his own but nobody else does and you know Caden Shedrick Zara Gonyama they're going to need to rebound more Kendall Weaver we see the hustle offensive rebounds we grab some defensive boards too you know you can always improve in any regard so I think that Texas this is a team that when we get to big 12 play it'll be interesting Tommy you mentioned there are five more games until conference play runs along only one of those is against high major competition I think the UNC Greensboro game will be very interesting to end uh, non-conference play. It's a team that just beat Kentucky. And so I'll be very interested. Seven in one squad. Or, Man, no, no, no. National championship pick really, really kind of tanked I, after that. I still Kentucky believe or in the did Cats. They beat, or did they beat Arkansas? They might have beat both, actually. I can, I can pull this up here super quick. But I think, you know. It'll be super interesting to see how this team finishes out not conference play because you mentioned earlier in the show, a lot needs to be ironed out. We're not close to a finished product here and a lot of work needs to be done. Yeah. UNC Greensboro. Here we go. Uh, they beat, of, yeah. uh, UNC Wilmington beat Kentucky. UNC Wilmington. Now, the Wil now UNC Greensboro beat Arkansas in Arkansas's home arena in november and so this is a good team look at, the, look at the uncs man they're they're rolling this year that's that's I a know. proud school system down there it's uh <laughs> it, you know houston christian coming up for texas next one and six hopefully that's a get back game they struggled it though be, jason it really we, needs we didn't, to be we didn't talk about the texas state game but texas looked ugly in that game at times too they ended up winning by 19 but uh they gave up a big lead in the second half and were trailing at one point. Wyoming was a more full effort. I guess it has been a while since we've talked about, um, you know, some of these smaller games. But I really want to kind of wrap things up by talking about the Big 12 because it's one of the big stories in college basketball right now. And yeah. we have six unbeaten teams. It's almost half the conference, including some teams that we really did not expect to be undefeated. So here are the current standings in the Big 12 uh, West Virginia three and five, not all that surprising. Uh, <laughs> just the max exodus after Bob Huggins, yikes. Uh, Oklahoma State three and five, yikes. And then every other team, this is crazy. You know, six and two, UCF, Texas, and Texas Tech. K State and Iowa State are both seven and two. Kansas ranked second in the country at eight and one with a win over UConn at home. And then the unbeaten teams, 
TCU asterisk on that one because they have played a awful schedule. Cincinnati, Oklahoma ranked 19th, BYU ranked 14th, Baylor ranked 6th, and Houston ranked 3rd. Tommy, the Big 12 is loaded again this year. Give me some thoughts on some of the unbeatens as we head towards the end of conference non-conference play. Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew coming into the year that the Big 12 was probably going to be arguably the best conference in basketball again. And so it would be a good proving ground for Texas. Well, I think even by our standards, it's kind of exceeded our expectations just how good the Big 12 has started off the year. I mean, they 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 dominated the Big East Big 12 battle this year, I would say. Um, how about Porter Moser's Oklahoma? I mean, the Sooners are rolling. Right. Up to 8-0, 19th overall. You know, looking at they, – they came off a big, big win against Providence at home 72-51. to um, Javian McCollum comes in, 19 points, uh, 7 of 16 from great the field. Great find in the portal for them, by the way. Absolutely. Really great find from uh, Siena. Absolutely. And – you know, they've got four guys in the starting lineup in, in double digits scoring the ball. So, you know, I think that that was kind of a team that I wasn't expecting, but Porter Moses is a really good coach. You know, ever since his Loyola days, really, I've come away very impressed with how well coached his teams are. So that's going to be a tough test. Um, and, you know, it's been a while since Oklahoma has, they've had a lot of players, you know, in the past, but it's been a while since Oklahoma has really stood out to you as a threat from basketball. But now, now that Porter Moser's got some years under his belt and he's got his guys and the program flowing in, I think things might be turning around for the Sooners. And I know Texas fans don't want to hear that and they don't like their their rivals across the Red River, but I'm very impressed with Oklahoma and then Kansas State too. I mean, it, it's so hard to root against Jerome Tang. And, you know, just in general, he's a fantastic coach and, and he showed it again. Um, you know, they've had a couple tough losses this year. I know the, the Naquan Tomlin news is still kind of, kind of grasping that program and it's it's certainly a tough blow but they crazy they a tough, situation yeah they, they beat a tough villanova team though in overtime uh 72 to 71 and you know well they've played the last three games actually they've won in overtime they beat oral roberts by 10 they beat north alabama by one we don't need to worry about that um <laughs> but Ooh. they they have they have had some good outings this year that opener against usc was tough you know i i i, I kind of shove that to the side just a little bit just because it was the first game of the season uh so things can get ugly but their other loss you know to miami and they beat providence as well so you know you could argue that kansas state still has yet to see some good teams but i think jerome tang's a great coach and he's going to straighten things out even with one of his top guys no longer being with the program so jason those are the two teams standing out to me in the big 12 yeah one team that you didn't mention byu right now has the highest rated defense by the net metric of all time <laughs> team that nobody, i know it's a team that nobody expected and they play utah this weekend in the you know what is one of the best rivalries in college sports holy whenever war. those two teams yeah the holy war whenever those two teams find themselves on the same court or field diamond you know what what have you um i'm really excited about byu basketball houston as well it's a very complete team ranked third in the country lj crier and uh um the name is is on the tip of my tongue transfer from art tremont mark yeah uh one of the best guard duos in the country so arkansas or well tremont mark's, at, tremont mark's at arkansas now tremont mark's at, so i'm thinking of uh i hate to call that? you out there i just wanted to Jamal make sure Shad. You... That's what I was thinking of. Jamal Shedd. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's one of the that's one of the best guard duos in the country right there. And it's a deep Houston team. It's they're always deep. One thing they don't really have is size. So I'll be interested to see how Texas stacks up against them when Dylan DeSue's back. But, you know, <laughs> right now, Texas is right is the middle of the pack team in the Big 12. And I think that's something that we didn't expect to say. It's still early. You know, this thing will really shake itself out about, you know, a month or two into conference play. And I'm really excited for us to get to that point. But right now, you know, Texas is about average in the conference. And uh, maybe not expected for Texas. I mean, every year the Big 12 is one of the best conferences in the country. And three of the four teams that were added, actually all four teams that have been added to the Big 12, have been big-time players. Three of the four teams are undefeated right now. And so it's a different conference. It's a different, you know, different lineup that Texas will be playing against. But there's a lot to be – I think the number one thing that you said today is that – there's a lot to be figured out with this Texas team. And I think that these next five games, four of which against mid-major competition, some home games, they play LSU and Houston as well. I think that Texas will be able to iron out some of the defensive troubles on the perimeter, some of the guard play on both ends of the court, and hopefully the physicality and intensity. The most important thing is getting the bigs healthy, though. If Caden Shedrick can get himself healthy, Dylan DeSue can find himself on the court right around conference play. You know, this is a completely different Texas team. And I think that that, you know, you called it a very off night for Texas. Hopefully that'll go from a very off night to just an outlier. So do you have any last thoughts on the Big 12 around the game before we get out of here? (laughs) Yeah, just I I think I can't say it enough that Texas needs to get healthy. If Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue are playing banged up all year, it's not going to be a successful season for Texas. You know, if that means that Shedrick needs to sit out a couple more games to nurse that shoulder to get him at full strength for conference play, then that's what Rodney Terry needs to do. He needs to trust the rest of his guys to get him there. And I think through the next five games, they can do it without Caden Shedrick. And that's no disrespect to to any of their opponents that are playing. But, you know, four out of those five, like you said, mid-major opponents, you can win those games. You're capable of winning those games. And maybe that's a chance for you to try out that small ball lineup that I was in, that I was talking about a little bit more that Royal Ivy kind of brought to my attention. You know, I, I, I would really like to see that implemented and see if maybe that's a possible solution, but offensively it's a team that just needs to play faster. They need to get to the bucket more. Tyrese Hunter is so good at that. And we just don't, we haven't seen it as much anymore with him since the early couple of games. So I'd like to see him get more aggressive um, overall shooting just needs to be better, especially beyond the arc. If they're going to chuck up as many threes as they do and just pray that Max Acemas continues to be consistent shooting the ball. And, and like you mentioned, Jason taking better shots. I completely agree with that, Tommy offense. You know, the team needs to play a lot quicker. They need to play to their strengths. And I think that we really found something tonight in talking about playing with the smaller lineup. You know, if Texas has one thing on their opponents, it's that they're one of the fastest teams in the country, at least from a skill perspective. When their players play fast in the full court offense, I mean, hell, Dylan DeSue is one of the most dynamic, or Dylan Mitchell, have you, is one of the most dynamic players in the country, flying above the rim on both sides of the court. So when Texas gets the ball in the full court, when they're playing fast, playing physical, I think that we're going to see a different team. But five games to figure things out before conference play. We'll be having, you know, a Big 12 conference preview coming up on the show, which will be super exciting. I'm so, so excited for that because this conference is just loaded this year. A couple more games to break down, but Tommy, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. A little Texas basketball, not under the greatest of circumstances, but hey, not every sport on this campus can be uh, could be a top four team in the country these days. So uh, 
you know, thanks again for joining me. Thank you at home for listening, watching wherever you are. And we'll be with you guys soon. Have a good one. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.